Hi, I'm Amy Porter, and this is my podcast. My mission is to show people how to empower themselves through music, business, and media. I try to see as clearly as possible how I can help. I showcase the music that I've played and the people I've met along the way. I'm a wife and a stepmom. You might know me as a professor, a performer, a producer, a publisher, a recording artist. I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. Welcome in to my Porter Flute Pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. It's one of my favorite platforms. Stay well, play well. Season 3, episode 14. I'm calling it a guide on the side. Clicking with your teacher. I'll give you just a few thoughts from my experience of over 20 years at Michigan on the relationships you have, have had, and will have with a teacher of your instrument. I always say to the student, I'm not your mother and I'm not your best friend. But I can't take credit for that line. Bonnie Blanchard is the author of Making Music and Enriching Lives, and her concept is easy and true. Love your teacher and everything will click. Go get that book, everybody. It was first published by Indiana University Press. Speaking of IU, our co-producer, Alan J. Tomasetti, went to IU, and he poses some questions for the podcast along with Justine Sedke, and I went to the vault in honor of my teacher, Ms. Jeannie Backstresser. I was her first master's student at Juilliard when she joined the New York Philharmonic. If you know Ms. Backstresser as a student, you know as a teacher, she adores the Sonatine by Walter Gieseking. Here I am performing it with Tim Carey on piano. You can find it on my YouTube channel. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. We're so glad you're here. I was attending a meeting online in 2020 during our lockdown when costume designer Christiane Myers, our professor of theater at Michigan, she was teaching us how to really use the portal canvas to our advantage. And she was showing some of her teaching examples and she threw out a phrase that stopped me dead in my tracks. She said, I try not to be the sage on the stage but a guide on the side. Me too, I thought. It really resonated with my teaching philosophy. Guide, walk next to the person, listen, learn, and teach. Training in psychotherapy says, take walks alongside people and listen to them. It makes sense, right, to walk next to someone? My teachers were always performers, and they had the instrument out to play as as an example. And the level of gorgeousness was off the charts. I only once thought, though, oh God, I'll never be able to do that. But I I realized that my muscles in my lips couldn't do what Miss Backstresser was doing at that point, but I would be able to do it in my 30s, and I did. You know, it was patience and practice. I kept my head down. 
I never put my teachers on a pedestal as humans, only players. They got my utmost respect and I went to absolutely every concert they played. I listened to everything they recorded and I felt proud to be their student. If you find someone who clicks with you, the pedestal isn't even there. Don't put teachers on a pedestal. They're humans with pasts. They were once a student. When you remember this, communication can unfold. It can be about your dreams and your goals combined with strict musical canon and creativity. Understanding that there will always be a curriculum to get you where you need to be. That's the best. The teacher's there to teach music, nothing else. You see, you can't just flow through a life in music school and hope something sticks. As the infamous conductor Lewis Lane once quipped from the podium, hope is not a strategy in music. So 100% of your efforts and trust must be on behalf of your teacher for it to click. You can't just hope. First-time college students can do best in their communication efforts if they keep a schedule of practice. That way they can see where they might be dipping in their efforts to keep up with the curriculum. If there's only one lesson every other week and it's not enough, then get more curious. How creative can you make your learning experience around your assignments? And if once a week lessons are too often, then find ways to make more of your practice time. You budget your practice routine. And you can find a good routine on my website, porterflute.com, just for you. Four hours with three 10-minute breaks. Just look for how to practice. I think studios should be a safe space, the room and the community. The space should make you feel like you can get some work done. I can admit to being in transition in my studio. I inherited so much music that it was literally everywhere, but eventually it became a beautiful space like it is now. It's very conducive for learning. I think safe spaces are organized in some way as best as you can under the circumstances like your practice space or even your room. A safe space in a studio 
also means an emotionally safe studio. It's a place where you feel like you can fail. So let's say a student just spent the last four days pulling all-nighters, writing papers, practicing hard for their solo, and the lesson wasn't scheduled with all that in mind, right? Well, the communication with the teacher is so important at this juncture because it impacts their life too. You can always switch lesson times with someone or ask for a makeup day. Students should always strive to play their best for their teacher and not sound like they're practicing in front of them. That's embarrassing for everyone and it's not an optimal learning environment. If the student lets the teacher know in advance, I'm just not feeling prepared this week, then the teacher should be able to minimize the guilt and the shame by asking you to play when you're feeling your best. So this is how I work it in my studio and it's all in a Google Doc and everyone can see the teaching schedule and the plan. When I block out certain times for certain things, that's called work-life balance. It's not hard. You optimize your calendar to reflect things that you do, not just where you have to be. That way you'll create a good balance between your course, coursework and your practice, your sleep, your eating. And guess what? The relationships that you hold dear in your life with your parents and your siblings and the people you love, it will all improve. One issue that I've been asked to speak on is mental health recovery from past teachers, masters, or transfer student issues. And the only thing I can say is what happened in the past stays there in the past. I always tell the student, let's build and repair together. This is a new relationship investment. I have only admitted a few transfer students into my studio and we've never looked back. In a way, I'm the teacher that has taken concepts away from students, led them to more of a Zen path where they can breathe into their own being, understanding their own pace, and I prescribe the necessary tools to get them where they want to be. Do you want to change musical course? I can help. Do you want to supplement your composition degree? I can help. Do you want to add the flute to your portfolio of woodwind instruments? I can help. Another thing I've noticed about great students is that they take responsibility for their emotional selves while in school. 
You see, it's the perfect time to work on themselves. They can learn about health and find their own rituals in order to be at peace with their practicing and their education and their mindset to get through. It's eight or 12 semesters of school. And it's very complicated. Our emotional state of going through adolescence, through being a teenager, into becoming an adult, that's a very emotional time. Somehow, no matter what kind of upbringing we have, we all like to damage ourselves. I can tell you that from age 14 to 24, I was my own worst enemy. But I've never stopped learning from what my teachers told me to learn. These emotions reflect in how we treat others. These emotions hold us back, but we can work on these emotions. The students work in a life dedicated to music can include healing work that brings them closer to themselves, closer to loving themselves. Through therapy or spiritual work or helping through friends or other means, they take ownership of their life and they seek out a healing process actually wanting to heal. It brings the student to a better place of understanding their issues in life and on the instrument. And maybe they're one and the same. When this type of work happens within the student, possibly away from the teacher's knowledge, then relationships improve. I've said it before, the relationships with your friends, with your parents, with colleagues, all become easier to navigate. When you take responsibility for nutrition, your sleep, your study habits, practice habits, supporting others, working in charity, being positive with your work, the playing, I have to tell you, everything starts to take shape your career, and your entire life. Are you coming into a new studio as a transfer student? Well, sometimes that's not easy. Some students can come scarred from other studios, different habits. They're afraid to open up. But again, like I said, you start from a new beginning and don't look back. Now, I'd like to stress that it's important to have people different from us in our own studio and our own network. We need to work together to be able to create a beautiful studio and studio class environment. Otherwise, it's known as jealousy or envy. You know those people. They just don't smile at you or have a genuine heart. And when people are envious or jealous, they don't look or sound very beautiful. It looks like a frown. It sounds like a frown. (laughs) 
But hang on. There are two types of jealousy of others, and they're playing. There's a positive one. And you might have heard some of that last week in our Juilliard podcast. When you work harder and you're more motivated to practice because you're just so positively envious of this player. But then there's the negative envy or jealousy. Talking behind someone's back about how they got the status that they have in their career or maybe saying something like, I would never be that kind of player. I think that great flutists are inspired by others' successes, knowing that one day it will happen for them. People truly feel happy for other people in their studio. People think about how hard the others have worked. And then sometimes students say, well, why am I not happy? All they need to do is look within themselves. Surrounding yourself with the people who inspire you helps keep you on your steady path. that we're deep into the melodies and lush phrases of this sonata by Walter Gieseking, let's also delve into lush and creative ways that we can find commonalities between teacher and student. From this podcast, you know that I have a daily dose every morning of gratitude, yoga, and asking what I can bring to the day that will make it a better place. I ask, what can I do for the people who seek my help? Well, these few lines of text really help. I hope you'll take to heart some of the words published by the nonprofit Foundation for Inner Peace. It's a workbook called A Course in Miracles. I read a little bit every day, and I'd like to leave you with a quote from chapter four that outlines how best to consider the role of teacher and student. Chapter four is about the illusions of the ego. And this is called right teaching and right learning. A good teacher clarifies his own ideas and strengthens them by teaching them. Teacher and pupil are alike in the learning process. They are in the same order of learning. And unless they share their lessons, conviction will be lacking. A good teacher must believe in the idea he teaches, but he must meet another condition 
he must believe in the student to whom he offers the ideas. Many stand guard over their ideas because they want to protect their thought systems as they are. And learning means change. Change is always fearful to the separated because they cannot conceive of it as a move toward healing the separation. They always perceive it as a move toward further separation because it was separation that was their first experience of change. You believe that if you allow no change to enter into your ego, you will find peace. This profound confusion is possible only if you maintain that the same thought system can stand on two foundations. Nothing can reach spirit from the ego, and nothing can reach the ego from the spirit. Spirit can neither strengthen the ego nor reduce the conflict within it. I'm so glad you were able to join me. I might have answered your question, who knows? I might have inspired you in some way or made you get up and take action. I have only healing in mind as I teach and I want to do the best job I can do under your circumstances. Join us next time in Porterflu Pod as we end season three with story time and we continue our 1980s Juilliard theme. We have a couple of guests and they aren't flutists. You'll meet Dr. Robert Apostle from LaGuardia High School and Rebecca Young, Viola Mom. Find her on TikTok and Instagram. She's the Associate Principal Viola of the New York Philharmonic. You can find more about me at amyporter.com or porterflute.com. And on social, on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, I'm Porterflute. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you.